All right. Uh, hello, everyone. Mr. Comet number five here doing this a little out of order because I'm still a little loopy on the drugs, but that's all right. Uh, definitely excited uh, to talk here about budget decks. And of course, if you guys want to get at me or the primary channel at Mr. Comet number five on Twitter or at CMD Tower. Good. You're good. Hey, guys. Mar Marketing Ross here. Uh, I'm also out of sync. I don't have an excuse. I'm just not on, on schedule here. Uh, but if you would like to find me, you can find me on Twitter at Vizardrix Vibes, or you can catch me in the Discord, uh, which all of you should be joining. Uh, can't wait to talk about the best way to use your spare change. I do have an excuse um, for why I'm out of sync, and it's because I have a rubber band in my hand, and I can't focus on more than one thing at once and currently my entirety of my focus is on this rubber band um hi i'm andrew also known as ultra budget brews and uh, you can find me on twitter at uh, brews mtg and i post a couple times a week on there on cards to save you money or ways to save you money playing magic so yeah now i do have a question before we get into this are you as wild as the taliban I am a rubber band man. Wild wow, as a Taliban. Nine in my you right. Got it. Here's the thing. So some of you guys, have since the, I'm sure if you're listening to us, you probably know the EDH rec cast. Um, so Matt Morgan is uh, one of my best friends. And that was one of our favorite songs back in high school. We could rap significant parts of it. And I don't know if you noticed, <laughs> but I am a white dude from the suburbs. So... <laughs> I don't know. I look back at some of that kind of stuff and uh, nine in my right, 45 in my other hand, you know, I don't know. Just just be glad it wasn't all recorded like this is. <laughs> honestly, honestly, man, ooh, ooh, the things that mm, mm, anyway. <laughs> well, welcome to a new episode of The Budget Shop, where floor to ceiling has no meaning here and the foiling is always taco shaped. Or I don't know if you guys saw. I saw some people at their Dominator United. The foil was just coming straight off the card. That doesn't really? sound good. I yep, haven't seen the that. The straight was peeling off like a sticker. Um, but today, we are going to be focused around not a color set like we've traditionally done in the past. Because we found kind of hard to do uh, when you're restricted to a color. So we are focused on flying tribal. Um, and before we get in here, just remember, guys, go to abyssproxyshop.com. Use code CMD Tower if you're looking for any high-end cards for your budget deck, but you don't want to spend real money on it. Like very much, like just because I'm selling cards, Gaia's Cradle, Tundras, Scrublands, Plateaus, Savannah. I'm holding a mortgage payment in my hand. Uh, I should probably go to a best proxy shop instead of just having these without sleeves on my desk. Are you gonna replace all of that, all of the things you're getting ready to sell from the proxy uh, shop? The deck, no. Uh, I think oh. I'm just, you know, I, I wanted to do the God Tribalism meme. Uh, I did it. I've won multiple times with it. Uh, I think it okay. did its purpose. And I, I just don't need a, uh, for the people that aren't in our Facebook group, uh, TCG Market Mid had this at $11,500 uh, for a 100 card deck, which is just ridiculous. Woof. What a meme. So, <laughs> yeah. F funny we're talking about that when we're talking about budget cards. How, how, how many how many decks would eleven thousand dollars buy you, Ross? Uh, I would say at least eleven. <laughs> ah, that's good. I like that. Yes, that is probably true. What about you? Now the the question is, Andrew, would that build you a hundred decks? 
<laughs> uh, he possibly. Me. I had to one up him. He said 11. I said 12. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> no, I mean, if we're being honest, though, like we, we've talked about this before, but you kind of throw in those cards that are just laying around in your collection and then you punch it all in and you're like, holy cow, this deck is $300. And I, I know that's nothing compared to the 1100 we just said, but. No, no, that's shocking. very true. I mean, honestly, when uh, we did this deck, we're getting super off tangent, but it's interesting. Uh, when we did this deck on Bruising Builds a year and a half, two years ago, I think it came in at about five or six grand. So I think it is kind of interesting how it's almost doubled in price over the last 18 months, two years. Thanks, Obama. So. But Bruise, Ultra Budget Bruise, or Uba, talk to us about what Flying Tribal looks like to you holistically when someone is trying to build a deck but scraping pennies stuck underneath that park bench. Yeah, so Flying Tribal, is, it's interesting. Um, you Because the, the reality, it's just typically a creature beatdown deck. I mean, I'm sure there are combos you can do um, with uh, creatures that just happen to have flying, but I can't think of any uh, combos off the top of my head that inf- it specifically involve like it mattering if your creatures are flying. So you're just going to beat your opponents into paste um, with flying critters. Um, I think there are a couple different ways you can do this. It's, it's whether you want to um, focus on doing like an Alfred Hitchcock, the birds impression and have a bunch of little one ones and two ones or whatever, peck your, uh, peck your friend's eyes out. Or are you going to like do a bunch of giant sphinxes and dragons and angels and all those sort of things and just have a few hits just, but more expensive. Um, so yeah, I think it's just like I think it's often going to be more of a tempo-y, um, just tempo-y beatdown deck. So that's interesting. I actually kind of thought of it a couple different ways. Now, granted, when we get to the later segments, the cards I'm talking about have nothing to do with what I'm talking about now. Um, but <clears throat> what what I kind of looked at with Flying Tribal was almost how can I ensure that I'm the only one flying. Like, I think that's kind of the angle that my brain would go to where no matter what my opponents were doing, even if they are flying, it doesn't matter. So I started thinking of cards like Sandward Convergence. You can get that card for 20 cents. Um, creatures with flying can't attack you. Um, think of cards like Archetype of Imagination. You can get that card for a dollar. Uh, you get flying and all of your opponents lose flying. So, and then of course, there is the Grail Daddy. We were talking precast like Moat. Uh, but you know, there is Magus of the Moat, way more budget friendly. So that's almost kind of where I went to where I do think you're right. I think it is more tempo based and you're going to probably have more what I would describe as fluffy flyers. You know, they're, they like four to six CMC, probably anywhere from three power to seven power. Um, and you're just going to be kind of like just hitting people, but you'll want to make sure you can always get through. Um, and I, and I think if you, want to go with flying tribal having some way to almost take away the flying matters from your opponents kind of actually helps in that strategy yeah and you know when you're talking about moat uh a creature we we talked about magus of the moat but another creature that does a pretty good impression is Stormtide leviathan um and it's mm. 17 cents um it tacks on the island walk feature but it also makes all your opponents uh lands islands so flying or island walk you're getting in for damage but um I, I would agree with you on the, you know, the tactic of trying to make sure you're the only one flying. But I would also say in the in the realm of tempo, a lot of flying decks live in that white blue realm. And so they're probably trying to out control their opponents while also uh, pecking in damage in between those control spells. I'd agree. Yeah. And that, that's something if you've played any amount of limited 
um, or even like um, standard or modern, any any other constructed formats that aren't multiplayer commander, um, you have probably been on the receiving end of something like a Delver of Secrets or the two two token um, that Swansong makes in EDH. That crap don't matter. Uh, in other in other formats, it's real. It's really important. It's like all you have to do is control control the board with counter spells and bounce spells, and you know, and then just beat somebody to death with a tutu and that is a viable way of winning um edh less so um but still can do it i guess if that's what you really want to do i mean if you try hard enough anything's possible man if somebody's gonna try to kill me like that though they're gonna kill me in a different way and i'm just gonna just be like yeah i'm out man (laughs) like you got me i'm clearly not resolving any spells i'm gonna go find another table like you did it buddy So one of the things that I find interesting is, you know, when I was kind of like trying to do the research for this, I don't think I ever just see flying tribal. It's always like dragons, angels. So like, you know, Marketing Ross, how do you kind of look at it? I mean, do you think that there is ways and maybe we'll talk about them here in a little bit where you can just have, hey, if they're flyers and they don't really care about the creature types. Or do you think there's always like some or some other sub theme that's always tied to flying just because it's like well hell i'm in azorius i guess it's a lot of angels or well i guess i'm in rakdos or jund i guess i'm gonna have a lot of dragons i mean do you think there's always a a subtype that comes along with it or can you just have flying tribal so yeah i i think a lot of times you will find that you are building a tribe that happens to have flying but there is a, a archetype of flying matters um and it typically lives in that uh, Azorius realm. And you have things like that do kind of cute things like Siani, who, you know, you get to scry when you attack with, uh, you scry the number of attacking flyers or the, um, the, the Jin, I think it is that you start swapping permanents with people. If you uh, contact with three flyers. Um, so there are a few, Oh, can't forget before we move on the OG Kanji uh, famous bird flyer. Uh, it, he very Super. much cares whether things are flying or not. No, he is. Don't, just look him up. He's like 30 cents. Um, but they have, I mean, he got a new printing and still he doesn't care what the tribe is. He just cares that they're flying. Um, pumps them on the power on the attack and then pumps them on the defense on the block. So you can, you can do flying tribal, but I mean, there, there are those memes floating around of like, oh, my first deck, I'm going to make a flying tribal deck. Um, and it's, I think it, it's because if you just go flying tribal, it may not work out that well, especially in EDH, because a lot of the flying tribal stuff is so small and it takes such an accumulation of attacks versus, you know, Ur-Dragon. My one experience with the Kanji deck against the Kanji deck, this is this is not about flying tribal. Kind of is, but not. Um, we I was at see I was at um it was the KC uh, Magic Fest. And I had somebody sit down. We sat down on a group of people. I hadn't met any of them before. And we all had that pregame conversation. And it was like, hey, what do we want to play? And this dude says, man, I'm, I'm going to play Kanji Bird Tribal. And so we're all like, you know what? We're, we're going we're gonna to play some lower powered stuff. Like, let's just be real. It's going to be a little lower powered. If you're, especially if you're just sticking to birds, like going to be a little lower powered. So we all got our like, you know, low powered stuff out. And he flips it, his thing over. And his first turn is like, mana crypt mana vault static orb and he goes aha surprise stacks and we just all three of us just like like slowly turned and looked at him and we're like 
cool man that was that was that was fun I, I love that and so we played it out until like turn five and we all just conceded and he like like clearly could tell we were all pretty frustrated and he he apologized and uh got something out we ended up having some fine games with him but it was just like huh? <laughs> i was like man come on dude you can't do that <laughs> anyways that's my kanji story it was a very successful rule zero conversation rule zero i mean he didn't lie he probably played bird tribal uh, right yeah, the bird's probably bird. untapped yeah I, I i need to put rule zero and so if like on my knuckles so it's like oh my god and just like get somebody get them just get them well um before we move on to the next section where you guys get to hear about some of the legends that we each think could be built around flying tribal we would love for you guys to check out our patreon patreon.com slash cmd tower uh we did update our tiers just with you know the way that costs are increasing and you know to be honest we've we've tried to invest a lot more into the channel in 2022 uh, whether that getting like sawned rights, you guys see us here on Twitch and YouTube, uh, getting new gear, making sure that a lot of our guests have the proper gear to be able to use as well. Um, you know, anything you guys could do on there, you know, for just as little as $3, it really does go a long, long way for us. Um, but we do have tiers on up from there. Plus, we are doing a deal if you join our patron between now and Thanksgiving. Uh, we are giving you guys a special 20% off coupon to our Etsy store, which we'll talk about later. But, you know, just a, a little thank you, um, you know, for the community. So anything you guys could do with our Patreon, we'd appreciate it. Patreon.com slash Tower. Well, since we're focused on an, an archetype, we need the legend to helm such deck. Marketing Ross, what legendary spoke to you for helming a flying tribal deck? Right. Um, so... As I was talking about before, like you can go straight flying tribal, but I liked the idea of having some sort of sub theme to work in there and work another angle. Um, so I worked in a uh, life gain tribal and I went with uh, Treva, the renewer, which is three colorless and bant green, white, blue. Um, and it is a six, six legendary flying dragon. Um, when Treva, the renewer deals combat damage to a player, you may pay two colorless and a white. If you do, choose a color, and then you gain one life for each permanent of that color. And so thinking about um, Flying Tribal in the realm of generating tokens, a lot of those tokens do tend to be uh, white in the Bant color pie. And so my idea was that I would focus mostly on white uh, permanents and white tokens. And then when I connect with Treva, obviously I would choose white, and hopefully, boom, life gain. That's awesome. I've never seen a Treva deck. That would be... I didn't know Treva existed. Um, just so you know, there is a pro tour promo for 3150. If you didn't want to, you know, spend the 86 cents to get the, uh, just normal copy. Um, I did not know that. And I probably will not be buying that. <laughs> that is pretty sick though, actually. Oh no, it looks super cool. Um, so, so is your kind of strategy here to get a lot of flying tokens and then, you know, just use things like Psy Master Thopter or, you know, things like that to try to, to get your army. Like, how are you building out that, that token army, especially because like anointed processions kind of off the table, doubling <laughs> seasons off the table. That stuff's just way too expensive. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, if it wasn't budget, those would be great inclusions to, to double up on the tokens that I'm making. But um, I think Oob is going to get into it a little bit with his build for the different color of tokens that we can build. But a, a lot of times in the cards that I was looking at, the tokens that are being produced are flying white tokens, whether they're spirits or birds. Um, 
So my idea was it is kind of a go wide strategy with some of the spells producing larger amounts of tokens um, in that white color wedge um, and then choosing white when I connect with Treva. That's awesome. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. And then like I would assume like your late game payoff cards, like I don't know how expensive the card actually is. I don't know if Aetherflux Reservoir is out of budget realm. Can't imagine that's crazy expensive. But is, is that kind of like your payoff? Like you're trying to gain an insurmountable battle of a lot of life and like bolt someone or how, how are you using that life gain? Sure. Um so Aetherflux is sixteen dollars. So if this was a budget deck, that would be a oh, considerable mind. chunk of it. Um but no, so the my my thinking in this, and Oob, you can chime in here if you agree or disagree, but within uh, budget decks, a lot of times it is combat damage that you're getting through with. And so my there will be some payoff cards that I talk about with the life gain, but more than anything, it's just mitigating the attacks that I'm receiving and trying to be annoying on the, the side of my defense. Definitely. And yeah, there are some like budget-ish um, payoffs for life gain. Um like you know, you're you're a Johnny a Johnny's pride mates, and you're um, stuff that like yeah, especially things that Maybe like, like Helix Pinnacle. Helix Pinnacle. That I don't, I don't think it has to do with life gain, does it? That, that's just um, like that one's just a, that just a mana dump, thing. Dump, oh, okay. dump mana into it, and if you have a hundred mm, uh, tower counters right. or whatever it is, you win. Uh-huh. Trelsara, Trelsara, yeah. Moon Sage, like Cry stuff like build. that. Yeah, like you can you. you Life gain can grow stuff real big if you uh, if you ever want to. So it's it's a good budget deck. Yeah, I love it. Cool. Thanks. Well, the the one that I went with, uh, I went went ahead and did mono black, which uh, you would think it'd be very limiting for a flying tribal deck, but I actually think there's a lot of legs here. So we're talking Henrika Demanthe, Demanthe. I'm uh, uh, not going to work here. Boom. Uh, old uh, jokes. From- old old cult classics uh we're talking two colorless black black you can get this gal for a little under a dollar legendary creature vampire because you know vampires need more health it's probably one of the most underserved tribes in all of magic uh next to slivers slivers need help like nobody's business (laughs) like Um, and on its body it does have flying and at the beginning of combat on your turn choose one that has not been chosen each player sacks a creature you draw a card lose a life or transform Henrika into Henrika Infernal Seer. And this is kind of where the flying part kind of comes into it. So she has flying, death touch, and lifelink. Colorless, black, black. Each creature you control with flying, death touch, and or lifelink gets plus one, plus so until end of turn. And it's a three, four. So here is kind of like some of the notes that I made on Henrika and why I think it makes a lot of sense for a budget deck. You got removal built on a body. You got card draw built on a body, and you got transform built on a body. All of those effects, you don't have to connect for com or you don't have to connect for damage. It's not at beginning of upkeep. As long as you do this in your first main phase, you're automatically getting one. And I feel like if you're in a budget deck, and especially in the few budget decks that I've played, if you can get immediate value, especially when playing your commander, that just makes it infinitely better. So I thought that was interesting. Um, but then kind of going into it further, the flying tribal piece with the plus one plus O and the three mana, it's not target creature, it's each creature, and it's a mana dump. And I think we can all agree mono black, whether you're on a budget or not, can produce large, large amounts of mana pretty darn easy. Uh, because a lot of it's paying life, maybe it's Phyrexian, who really knows? 
And so I could see that three mana being a really good mana dump. Like, okay, play my commander. I'm just going to transform it right now at the beginning of combat. I got 12 extra mana. Boom. My creatures get plus four, plus so. But here's where I started seeing it being real interesting. There's 586 cards that are legal in a mono black commander and commander with flying on the card. Of that 586, 491 are under a dollar. 318 are 4 CMC or less of those 491 that are under a dollar. And then of that 318 that are 4 CMC and less, 249 of them are creatures. So that just tells me if we got 250 creatures that are 4 CMC or less with flying under a dollar, that gives us a great foundation to really build a diverse flying tribal deck. Um, obviously, you guys all know why I went under a dollar budget. I think we can all figure out why I went creatures. You need stuff with flying. It doesn't do you any good if you have a bunch of equipment that have flying. Um, you need creatures to put that on. But the 4CMC one is the one I wanted to highlight because as I was doing a lot of the research, and I mean, when we get to the penny nickel dime quarter, it won't really vibe with what I'm saying here. But the one thing I've seen in budget is a lot of times your curve is higher because you can't get the most optimal cards because they're cheaper. And there's a reason they're cheaper. They're a little slower. And so being able to stay under 4CMC, I thought was really imperative for this deck to be able to function. So that way you have stuff to play. Because I've played budget decks before where your curve might be a little higher and nothing feels worse than land pass. Land pass and doing that for the next three to four turns before you can do something five or six CMC. So what do you guys think of Henrika and kind of like the few different points that I made? Um, we could start with Ooze. Yeah, I thought Henrika was uh, kind of a cool choice. I totally forgot about her backside, to be honest. Um, the Because I, I always think of Henrika as just kind of a, I don't want to say a bad rankle, but kind yeah, of a no, bad I can see rankle. That. It kind of is like a bad rankle. Like rankle, I love rankle. I have a very big soft spot in my heart for rankle. I used to have a rankle deck. Um, but so, but it's just kind of what it struck me as. Um, but this is a kind of a cool direction if you are able to yeah really take advantage of of that activated ability um that it can if especially if you go wide enough that's a lot of damage that's pretty cool yeah i i really like it and i also just wanted to point out on the uh the reverse on the infernal seer that is some very metal flavor text where she's talking about drinking demon blood and never settling for human again that is that is actually pretty rad. <laughs> Man, with that but, kind of flavor text, it should have been like whenever an opponent sacrifices a demon, transform Henrika. Right. No, I mean I really like this, and um, I think I think people do forget about flyers in black. There are some pretty significant ones, and they're not all as expensive as uh, you know R.I.P. Grizzlebrand or anything like that. But um, the other thing that I was thinking about, um, Oob, who's the legend that Murphus has? It's the mono black life gain cr- commander. Oh, what one is that? It's um not Toshiro. Um but while you're thinking of that, um essentially at the end of the turn you get to create a XX flying demon, which is X is the amount of life that you've gained. Oh, so Tavosh, I, think, I think. Yeah, yeah. So Gloom I think somewhere. with this build, Sean, if or Mr. Combo, excuse me, um, if you had enough life gain built into it, uh accidental or not that could be a good inclusion as well. Cause he just produces uh, flyers on his own that then get pumped by Henrika. 
Oh, there you go. And I mean, technically, Henrika's backside does also count the lifelink creatures. So you could do a blend where, okay, if we're going to have 35 creatures in the deck, let's make sure 20 of them have flying. And then maybe it's a blend of like eight or nine with lifelink. Maybe the balance is death touch. So then that way, you know, you can widen your pool a little bit um, mm -hmm. in the deck. And I mean, mono black also, a lot of stuff does share abilities. There's a lot of flying death touch or death touch lifelink out there. So yeah, I mean, the, the lifelink could actually be one. And I did see a lot of life gain payoff cards with flying as I was going through, but I was like, man, I, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to have a ton of lifelink, but I genuinely forgot about uh, Toshiro there. So that, that could be a very good, almost like secondary option or backup mm -hmm. commander. Like, hey, you got rid of Henrika a bunch of times. Well, this guy now with all my life gain, we're going to be producing these flyers. Right. And Black loves to pay life as a resource. So I think it's a it would be a, a pretty sweet sub theme in there. Yeah, yeah be rad. Sure. All right. Marketing Ross, bring us home. What was the legend that really spoke with you? Hi, I'm Marketing Ross and the person that has not gone yet. And oh, shit. I... <laughs> I'm not, hey, dude, it's it, it's you're, you're sick it's fine we totally get it um so i um little when with a little bit of a boring choice to be honest um so i was gonna go in as um and as is actually a deck i have sitting on my deck next to me um being dissembled um because i don't know people people hate getting their stuff stolen and i play with new people just enough um, that it is, uh, it's it's kind of a turnoff. So it's like, yeah, I just I feel like I can never play this, so I'm just taking it apart. It was a cool deck though. Um, so decided to go, not to go with that. I decided to go with uh, Alela, uh, Layla. I don't know. I don't know how you pronounce it. Artful provocateur. It's a one in an Esper, uh, white, blue, black, legendary creature, fairy warlock. Which that's kind of cool, actually. I didn't know she was a warlock, but um, flying, death touch, life link. Um, other creatures you control with flying get plus one plus oh and then whenever you cast an enchantment or or, or enchant artifact or enchantment spell you create a one one blue fairy uh creature token with flying so she does just a little bit of everything um she's very popular uh for a reason um and so how i would probably build her um i would probably want to try to do something a little little off offbeat um i'd probably try to do something like sagas you know like saga tribal or something in esper <laughs> you know i think that would be pretty cool um, that would be pretty fun you could also do something like throw a bunch of like you know clockwork and arc bound creatures in here and uh that kind of thing but um i would probably just yeah i if if you're building it for flying tribal you definitely can very very easily um i would probably end up leaning a little more towards artifacts um because there are some cool artifact um creatures artifact payoffs um in these colors um that um that really synergize well with um flying so um yeah it, it's it, i think it's it's a very powerful deck um it's kind of is going to have a target on its head a lot of times probably honestly if you sit down at a at a table with an alela deck if they uh if the players that you uh are playing with have been around the block a few times they are gonna be like i've seen this before it killed me yep. really mm -hmm. really hard um so that's a little different than what i might normally do but it's a cool commander i mean it just is so yeah uh, that's what i'd go with 
For sure. Um, so one one of our friends of the playgroup, Nance, has a Alayla deck, and his biggest problem is that Alayla gets removed every time she comes out. Yep. Which you said she has a, a huge target on her head, and I don't know if it's Alayla or Alayla, but I just imagine Eric Clapton singing her name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, making the guitar gently weep. Um, so I, I guess the question I would have, because you did mention you might go a little bit more towards the artifact, even though Saga Tribal would be fun. Um, so would you kind of go Cheerio-esque? Like, because you know Alayla's going to get removed, let me just get as many low-cost artifacts, because really, it's not even, I'm not even playing the artifact for the artifact. I'm just playing it for the 1-1 flyer. I think that... Um... I think that a Cheerios style deck is is really difficult to build on a budget um, to build effectively, honestly. So on a budget, definitely, probably not, just because a lot of those zero drop artifacts are pricier than you'd think. Um, and you need to have the card draw that goes along with it. And that is all way, that, that stuff's actually where it gets really pricey. Um, mm. And so I wouldn't on a budget also, if I wasn't going on a budget, I also wouldn't build it because I want my the, the table to want me to play magic with them after I'm done playing with the deck. And nothing nothing says uh, I would like to have all of the fun pizza. You cannot have a slice quite like watching a Cheerios player do their thing. Well, um, apologies I to the Cheerios to, players. I hate to burst your bubble, Oob. Two hundred and thirty cards mana value one or less under 50 cents in esper that are available what 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 do you draw on cards off with it though oh no who, who cares you're talking to the guy that doesn't play card draw come on what are you doing here <laughs> i mean what is here's the draw? thing man if you if you want to play a lella and then you just play a bunch of like bad shields for zero make like four fairies and then next turn somebody goes hey i'm gonna drop a wrath of god and you're like cool i have nothing man more power to you i but you, hey you, you do you brother cents, you can throw thram in the deck 20 you cents what? you throw thram in the deck there you go there's your card draw thran sram oh sram sram's yeah. really only 20 cents yeah he's i guess he's been reprinted into the dirt yeah okay he's not pure steel which is like a million dang dollars i think pure uh, steel went down because it was in that uh gala deck um, oh really? That's that's good. It's hey, still six dollars. It's still six dollars. But um, no, I think Alayla is pretty sweet. Um, combo. I don't know if you've played against Duff's version of it, but he went heavy into the uh, the anthem and that type of effect and the Cathars Crusade and just the beating of enchantments when you start making all these fairies. And Alayla is a she's a strong gal. She is very strong. Yeah, it. I, it's part right. of me wishes that it was like. On, on enters the battlefield instead of on cast. But man, sometimes uh, that on cast is actually kind of nice. It's like, oh, you countered my spell. Well, at least I'm still getting a fairy out of it. So, right. Yeah. Okay. And I would actually argue the enter the battlefield, you would then have to put non token on there as well. Uh, because, I mean, that's fair. Michael sent lattice, you go infinite. So that would just feel really bad. Yeah, that's fair. Um, all right. Well, uh, before we go over to our last section, everyone, we would love for you guys to check out our Etsy store. If you just go to Etsy.com, type in CMD Tower, you're going to see our great store on there. Um, <coughs> sorry, that is the pneumonia and me coughing up what could be swine flu. Um, and big thank you to Lemony Lennings and Spence 
uh, made a couple of the first purchases on there. I actually hooked them up with a limited edition CMD Tower proxy card of Command Tower. Uh, myself, uh, SD Sharpie, and Vic Duck will be handing these out at Magic Fest Vegas 30. Um, and, you know, the, the first couple people making uh, purchases on the store we wanted to hook them up with. So thank you so much. And remember, if you join our patron that we mentioned earlier, you'll get a 20% coupon code that you can use uh, from now through the uh, Thanksgiving holiday, whether that be for one of our great sweaters, it could be for a foil playmat. You know, we got a lot of stuff on there. Just everything you do really does help the channel out. So just remember Etsy.com and type in CMD Tower. Now we're going to see what each of us came up with for our flying archetype. And we're going to be going with the penny, the nickel, the dime, the quarter. Yes, for you Midwest people, Good Sense is the best sub restaurant. Um, all right. So I, I went a little, little haywire here, um, pun intended, because we are in the middle of watching Prison Break. Great show, by the way. At least the first few seasons, the later seasons. Eh, not so much. Um, but for a penny, I think you need ways in Flying Tribal to be able to get the beats. You need to, and you need to make sure that your beats can get through. So I thought it could be kind of cool as like this sacrifice sub theme and beats. I thought Goreman would be a great addition to my mono black flying deck. Four colorless black black from M21. Uh, it's a creature demon. It's a 5-5. Five five, and it's an uncommon for a penny. As an additional cost to cast the spell, stack a creature. Flying, trample, and when Goreman enters the battlefield, each opponent sacrifices a creature. So our commanders giving us the option to make everyone sacrifice. Gorman's coming in, making everyone sacrifice. What does Mono Black also like to do? A little bit of graveyard recursion. And then that avoids the additional cost to cast effect that penalizes us. Now we just got a flashback marauder coming in, only opponents having to sacrifice. I think that's a really powerful effect, especially on a budget. Absolutely. And it's that is a cool to a 5 5 flampler. So, I mean, re yeah, reanimating it Flamp. is the way to go. And then the oh, only other card I had uh, for a penny was Biblioplex Assistant. I thought that would be kind of cute. It's a four-drop flying 2-1, but when it ETBs, you get to put one target instant or sorcery from your graveyard on top of the library. Budget, you need ways to be able to reuse your spells as much as you can, um, and that's very difficult to do on a budget. So Biblioplex Assistant at least gives you the flying, it gives you the synergy, but hey, it's probably just here to ETB and get the best removal card in all of Magic, Murder, back to your life. All right. Exactly. So that, that, that's the nick Yeah, for the nickel, I had a very common card you see a lot, Baelish Shrewd Spy. You can get this guy for about four cents, three colorless black. It's a vampire rogue. It's a two-three flyer. But when it ETBs, target player reveal cards from the top of their library until they reveal a land card, and then puts those cards into the graveyard. I thought this would be a great way in budget. Either A, I can interact with my opponents, but we're in mono black. Maybe we're targeting ourselves. It doesn't say opponent. Maybe I'm going to mill the library until we get a land card. And then we're going to use some other cards I'm going to talk about to be able to recur. Maybe we use that Biblioplex Assistant to be able to dig through. Okay, we dug through nine cards before we got to a land. Oh, cool. The fourth card was the board wipe I needed. Um, let's go ahead and get that back with Biblioplex. Um, just, just kind of a way to to smooth out exactly what our game is. Like that sounds like a pretty good. That that was one I had thought about. So uh, okay. glad that you put okay. it on here. Um, yeah. 
And then the- I, I, I always think that uh, the self mill strategy is a is a good compliment, especially when you're running black. And even in a budget, we talked about it last time, but there's there's some really strong reanimator spells. Uh, you have to pay a few more CMC for it, but I mean, it they still work. Yeah, and then the other one I thought, and I'll do this one real quick, Feaster of Fools, four colorless black black creature demon. It's a 3-3, three, three, but it has Convoke, so our creatures can help it. You can tap them, it pays for a colorless or a mana of the creature's color. It has flying, but it has Devour 2. So when it ETBs, sacrifice any number of creatures, and it gets double that many counters on it. I feel like mono black budget, we're going to be creating tokens. They could be rats, they could be zombies. Just there's a lot of things in, it could be thralls, a lot of things in black that just incidentally make you tokens. And so I think being able to sacrifice these creatures and our commander's going to make us sacrifice creatures. We've already talked about another card that's going to make us sacrifice. We're going to have to have some some just bodies to throw in the graveyard. And I think Feaster of Fools is a cool payoff card where maybe you have five or six of them and now you convert those five or six one ones oh, into a 13-13 or a 15-15. Yeah, Pretty I good. like the idea yeah. of using the uh, using the convoke and then also using those same creatures for the devour. So you tapped them down and they would be useless, but now the feaster just feasts on them. Also, uh, pointing out this is from your your favorite set, Modern Horizons one. Oh well, of course. I hate that we have to say Modern Horizons, Modern Horizons one now. Like, there's we, we've come out with multiple. They they should have just left my baby alone. It was perfect. It's like the Godfather. Don't need another one. Well, I mean, the uh, the set marker down in the corner is MH1, so they were clearly planning to make a bunch of them. I know. All right. For my dime, <laughs> I got one card, and I think it's a staple for mono black budget, period. And I actually do want Oob's thoughts on this. Uh, I played this quite a bit in Standard, uh, when it was in Standard. Uh, Gravewalker. Or Grave Waker, I apologize. I always want to say Walker, because it makes more sense. Grave Waker. Four colorless black gotcha. black creature bird spirit okay. flying five five for nine cents, but it has an activated ability of five black black. Return a creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield tap. You can do that anytime you want. It is expensive, but it allows you to grab any creature from your graveyard and put it to the battlefield at instant speed. Tap. What do you think of that as a budget card? As yeah, being if... able to reuse our important creatures. Yeah, as a budget as a budget option um i mean pretty extreme budget obviously um yeah i think it's great i mean five five for fly five five flyer nothing to sneeze at uh, it's five five flyer right I, i'm trying to pull it up and my internet is not it's like streaming apparently is is the the, the <laughs> final frontier of what it is willing to do um so um and then yeah the, the ability you're probably not going to use on it super often um but having that option is not a bad thing, um, especially if you have stuff like Gormand or you have stuff like, you know, any other like big demons or, you know, I guess mono black big vampires. And there's there some cool high CMC vampires. Um, yeah, it's card advantage and that's great. So I, I like it. Cool. All right. My last one. It's a quarter. It's actually only 12 cents. And I think you guys are going to be shocked that it's this cheap. But it's because it got reprinted twice in the last two commander sets. Puppeteer Ooh, Queen, I think, makes a lot of sense. Really? Uh, three colorless, black, black, fairy wizard, three, two, flying. I forgot it had flying, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. um, 
when it ETBs, but target creature card from an opponent's graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. It gains haste at the beginning of your next end step, exile it, and it does have persist. So when Puppeteer Click dies, if it had no negative counters on it, return it to the battlefield under its owner's control with a negative counter on it, therefore allowing you to steal something. So hey, our commander wants us to all of us sacrifice a creature. I'll sacrifice Puppeteer Click. It'll go, it'll come back, and now I'm stealing something else that maybe you guys had to sacrifice. So I think this is a, it's a powerful card. It's a combo card in non-budget decks. But I think the fact that we can now get this card for 12 cents, it, it, it just does so much generic utility in a budget deck. Yeah, and I, I love uh, comboing this with hard casting Gorman too. So it's already out. You sack it to the extra cost of uh, casting Gormand, and then Puppeteer Click has Persist. So it comes back, and you grab whatever they sacked. It seems good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I know. I, I click. Oh, th- this was a card I used to see all over the place back in the day. Like it was just like one of one of those premier Commander EDH cards, and it's it's sort of fallen out of favor. I, I think to some extent. Um, it's not as efficient as people want to be. It costs five mana, and people are like, "If I'm not winning the game at five and six mana, then what am I doing?" So, um, so I, I click, click, click makes me happy. Uh, I love see, I love Alyssa with click. Um, so yeah, that's perfect. Awesome. Well, uh, marketing Ross, yeah, you, you had a, a little bit of life gain. What does your penny nickel diamond quarter look like? Yeah. Um, so starting at the penny, uh, just as a reminder, my hope is to go kind of wide uh, with these flying tokens. So my penny, which is one of the most amusing artworks I'm going to talk about, is Avon Gaggle Master, which is a 4-3 bird warrior for three colorless white-white. It has flying. And it says, when Avon Gaggle Master enters the battlefield, you gain two life for each creature you control with flying. Yep. Also, another one I almost added. It works a lot better in your deck. (laughs) And it's a gaggle. Gaggle, gaggle, gaggle. It's a gaggle of fun. Look at this goose. It's almost on the loose. Well, so not not a lot to say there, but just just right. Just going wide and then casting this goose and uh, adding to the life gain that I'm hopefully already doing. Mm. So uh, moving on to the nickel. Um, from Innistrad, I went with Whispering Wizard, which is five cents on the nose. Uh, it is three colorless and a blue for a human wizard. He's a three, two. And it says, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, create a one, one white spirit token with flying. This ability only triggers once per turn. So my, my hope is that all of the rampant growths and cultivates and counter spells and that sort of thing that I'm going to be probably casting anyway, will also turn into a body that I can use later. Yeah, and I would also yeah, imagine that you're card. also going to be running Mana Rocks. Those are non-creature spells. That's going to count. I mean, um, you're going to have a lot of stuff. I mean, hey, at least they gave these spirits flying. I never understand it when it's like, yeah, create a 1-1 one, one spirit. And that's it. Like, what? Ghosts can't fly? Get out of here. He's a sad ghost. Right. At least they at least float. and fl- If you can float, you can fly. Floating is flying out. Yeah, there, there you go, wizards. Take note. Listen to our cast. Uh, new new uh, mechanic, floating. <laughs> it's like flying but less good the flyer always has the flying <laughs> flyer has death touch when they block because they have the oh higher ground gosh. now we have tears where does reach fall into this 
<laughs> you, can, you can't you can't reach a ghost. Come on, get out of here. You reached above it and you get him under the armpit. It's great. Maybe floating can just be the new banding. Just such a terrible mechanic. They print it and then immediately never print it again. <laughs> Nobody right. wants to do that much math. Um, all right, nope. moving on to the dime um, from the sh- original Shadows over Innistrad. I went with a sorcery called Not Forgotten. Uh, it is one colorless and a white. Um, and it, my my reasoning for putting this in, it is at sorcery speed, but it's a little bit of flexibility here. So I can either use it as a bit of graveyard hate or I can use it as a bit of recursion. So what it does when I cast it is put target card from a graveyard on top or bottom of its owner's library. Put a 1-1 white spirit creature token with flying onto the battlefield. Yeah. I mean, target. so I, I so you I, put from a graveyard, you said? Yeah, from a graveyard, mm-hmm. not just mine. So if you're, okay. you know, throwing uh, Gormand in the graveyard, I could say, nope, put that on the bottom. Also, I'm going to make a spirit. Yeah, and, and I guess, like, especially for myself, and just to remind our, our listeners and viewers, you, the immediate thought to me is like, well, that doesn't work. It doesn't work as graveyard hate. It's sorcery speed. Like, I'm going to be doing stuff on my turn when I put it to the graveyard, and I'm then going to use it for value. But I think we all have to just remember, we're talking budget decks. And budget decks don't really do the instant speed thing that well. So if you're at a table with other budget players, everyone's going to be playing at the same speed. So even though you think Not Forgotten is a slow card and quote-unquote unplayable, at a budget table, it's very playable. And it's very interactive. And it very well could just screw over someone's strategy. So I, I really like it. And I like that you do get the benefit of the flyer with it. Definitely. Yeah, cool. it's, it's it's budget graveyard hate, but budget graveyard hate is better than no graveyard hate. Um, it's more of a preemptive strike as opposed to the uh, surgical like, oh, somebody goes to reanimate something and you get them like, oh, I target this card. And you're like, no, you don't. You don't get to do that, but you get to stop them from doing that to begin with, which maybe is better because the hope leaves their eyes sooner. And that's good. Right. That got really dark on a budget. That, that's it real did. dark. Yes. <laughs> Hello. Well, Oob's been doing this for a while, so he knows how to create darkness on a on a dime. Ah, it's impossible. <laughs> All right, moving on to the quarter. Um, I do have I have two here. One of them I want to talk to you about how I'm going to close out the game, and then the other one's a little bonus that I think is a lot of value. Ooh. So, for my first quarter at twenty cents is Nykthos Paragon. And that's from Modern Horizons 2, Mr. Combo. That is four colorless white-white for an enchantment creature human soldier. And it says, whenever you gain life, you may put that many plus one, plus one counters on each creature you control. Do this once per turn. Whew. Well, I, I was Whew. more scared of it until it said do this only once each turn. Now yeah. it's, it seems very fair, six mana. I mean, I get it. It was printed in Modern Horizons 2, so it's clearly not as good is if they would have printed it in Modern Horizons 1, Modern Horizons 1, it would have been, you could do that as much as you want. But, uh, so, are you going to try to have ways in your budget build to be able to gain life on other people's turns as well? Like, is Soul Warden and stuff like that in the budget? So, um, I don't remember what the price of that one is, but there are uh, similar cards, like Streets of New Capenna just had one um, with the uh, that artist that did Faithless Looting that everybody loves. Um, but it essentially does the same thing when a creature enters the battlefield, gain one life. So there's potential for it. Um, but in this particular build, I am going to clap for a lot of life gain once 
on my turn each turn. Uh, that's the goal anyway. And so um, let's just for funsies say I have five white permanents and I hit with Treva. Then I'm going to put five counters on all of my creatures. And then next turn, all yeah, of those one, one birds are going to be real, real scary. That's hot. I love that so, so, so much. <laughs> <laughs> that's hot. <laughs> that's hot. Honestly, yeah, no, this Nick God seems like it seems like this would work in a Layla. Like, that'd be really. Uh, yeah, she has lifelink. Yeah. She does have lifelink. Life yeah, just two life. Yeah. Like, got him. And Nick, those Paragon is an enchantment, so you would make a fairy off of it. There you go. Ooh, intriguing. I like that a lot. <laughs> All right. What was All the rad. other card that you had? So my bonus card is uh, from Dragon's Maze, and it's one of the split cards that confuse. And it's called Beck and Call. Um, oh, so yeah. Beck is a sorcery uh, for green and blue. And an artist, I believe, right? Uh, he's a loser. But um, whenever... <laughs> <laughs> So Beck says, whenever a creature enters the battlefield this turn, you may draw a card. And then the other side of that call is four colorless and white blue. Put four one one white bird creature tokens with flying into the battlefield. So in Magic Christmas land, if I decide to spend eight on this, I get four flyers and draw four cards. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. Are you banking on Magical Christmas land or are you cool for the six and getting four birds? Like if, if that's your ceiling are you good with that uh in a budget deck yeah um six for four power in the air is not terrible um especially if i'm doing nick those paragon type things later my my goal would be to hold off on it and do both just so i get the the additional value of drawing four cards um but i mean in a pinch you could also do the just cast back and then cast another creature because you need to cantrip so um in a budget i think you back yourself into this corner of like do I want to do really cool stuff or do I want to just, you know, play the game at the budget I'm at and get some some good value? So I, I think being a split card, you get the the modality there, and that's pretty cool. cool. That's a good way of looking at it. All right. Uba, you're uh, last, but definitely not least. You're the uh, budget person at heart. Why don't you tell us how yeah. Alayla, a uh, commander with a reputation, is going to survive on a budget with a penny, nickel, diamond, quarter option? That's a good question. I was having a hard time finding something for a penny. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, you guys already said some of them. Um, I am a fan of Slith Ascendant in the, the cards that are like this. Um, there's a whole bunch of them. Uh, Slith Ascendant is one in white, white for a creature Slith. It has flying. And when, it, when Slith Ascendant deals combat damage to a player, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. So it's going to grow. Um, it like I said, not the uh best thing in the world. I'm gonna be completely honest with you, but um, you're almost always gonna have somebody you can attack, right? Um, I mean, you it's it's as flying, and so that's one of the great things about flying tribal is because most near yeah you're going to have somebody who does not have a flying blocker, and you know what people don't want to waste removal spells on. Slith Ascendant, and if they do, you 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 laugh, you giggle, you, you chortle. Laugh at them. You don't laugh at them because that might make them sad. You just laugh at the um the, what happened, and um as you then get to cast Alayla the next turn, uh, and there isn't a removal spell for her or one less at least. So that's great. Um. So, anyways, I like these. Um. 
they it, it's it's fine i don't know what do you guys think I find this hilarious. I've never heard of the Slith creature type, yet they felt compelled, and I don't even remember this card, they reprinted this in Commander Legends. Yep. Uh, don't ever remember seeing it. I don't. I feel like someone had been like, hey, did you know there was a Slith creature type? And I'd been like, no, you're a liar. Uh, but apparently it does exist. Well, if you would like to build Slith Tribal, there are six of them. Um, but... No, I, I think it's pretty sweet. Like you said, somebody typically does not have a blocker available for flyers and to just come in and poke or get a taste, as some would say, um, nobody's going to get super mad about that. And then it's just going to keep keep growing. And I, I agree with you. If they end up having to waste the removal because it's grown to like a, a five five, then great. It did its job. Yep. You 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 did the thing and it's fun. Well, and, and it, like actually, at, 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 well, at that point, Ross, sorry. If, if they're removing it at five, that means that you've dealt, what, four? Ten. Seven, you've dealt ten damage. So, yeah, it's ten definitely damage, three mana, I'm good with that. I, I got I got what Slith Pendant was supposed to do. Every you time Slith that was coming to you. Right. Every time you put a little counter on there, it's a little dopamine hit. Boop. Like, 100%. <laughs> and that's what we play, that's what we play Magic for. Um, so, my nickel is um one i would not have guessed was uh as cheap as as it is but it's been reprinted a million times um warden of evos isle um is it's a good one it's two and a blue for a creature bird wizard um has flying um but creature spells with flying you cast cost one less to cast so uh anytime that you can make uh spells cheaper uh that is wonderful it's been reprinted like hasn't been reprinted recently actually i think the most recent one was original commander legends that i got like reprinted in jumpstart and mystery boosters and eternal masters so so it's been reprinted enough times that's only five cents so um this it isn't it isn't a man in rock please don't hear me say that but you can use these kind of effects to sort of mimic a mana rock and sometimes it can be better, honestly. If you're able to use it twice in a turn, you have effectively made two mana. And that's pretty cool. What yeah, do you guys think? Especially in a budget, you can't afford Soul Ring. So if you're able to use it twice in a turn, you got your Soul Ring effectively. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big proponent of these, especially when you're able to uh, pair multiple of them together on the battlefield at the same time. And it's like, cool, uh, the next flying creature spell I cost, uh, cast cost five less to cast and then the ones for the rest of the turn cost two less to cast because maybe there was a different effect like i really really like that stuff because i do feel like in budget you have to figure out how do you not just go one spell pass gotta figure out how to at least get two if you can do two every turn you're probably leaps and bounds ahead of your opponent yeah you're doing great yeah, and if you think about like uh, just cur- mana curve and the the most recent printings for flyers, typically it's the the power plus one. Um, so in this case, it's a two two for three that's flying, um, which that spell reduction already makes it really good. But then with a Layla on the field, it becomes a three two for three, which is very economical, especially in a budget. Definitely, yeah, it just does everything that flying tribals wanting to do. It's a it's it's an all star in in a flying tribal deck and basically nowhere else, and that's okay. Um, so for uh, my... Um, well, I guess I can skip that one. Um, I had like... Yeah, 
if I had to, no, I'm not, not, not even going to do that. Okay, so I have two bonus, um, I have two dimes and two quarters I'm going to do because I love you, the people, the people who listen. Um, so my first dime is Steel Plume Marshall. Um, it is three and two white uh, for a creature bird soldier. Uh, has flying as a 3-3 and then whenever Steel Plume Marshall attacks other attacking creatures you control with flying get plus 2 plus 2 until end of turn and you Ooh. get to it's very good um, also you get some pretty pretty great uh, flavor text the defenders watched in terror as the flying V split apart into a bristling <laughs> battle formation I need a mighty ducks altar <laughs> stat <laughs> so i think this is a, it just it's just a good card you get to go aggro um and it doesn't affect itself and three three isn't a huge creature um but just every other cre- attacking creature that's flying gets plus two plus two so mm-hmm. i mean this this yeah. leading the flying v of uh, all the fairy tokens that you've been making along the way is it's going to be scary yes I mean, I this just kind of, of reminds me effectively like a budget, less powerful, just uh, echo, uh, like overrun type of effect. Um, and being able to repeat do that, it's not on enter the battlefield to get plus two, plus two till end of turn, just every time it attacks. And I'm going to be honest, I feel like when you're probably attacking with skill plume, it's either A, it's someone who can't do anything about it. So, you know, you don't have to worry. But then the other one's like, okay. You can combo block and kill Steel Plume, but you got seven other three threes or five fives coming at you. You want to take all of that damage, or you maybe want to spread it out, and maybe you don't kill the guy that's doing the plus two, plus two, but then it's a problem for the next turn. It kind of puts that modal choice in your opponent's hands on how they're going to do the block. Yes, totally agree. Um, So my bonus... Uh, dime is inspiring leader. It is a two and a white legendary enchantment background, so it's enchantment which triggers Alayla. And it commander creatures you own have creature tokens you control get plus two plus two. Uh, Layla makes a bunch of tokens. This makes the tokens bigger. There, I mean, I could, and it's an enchantment that makes a token. Also, if you have a Layla, so pretty straightforward. Yeah. And, that, and that's why community, they didn't allow backgrounds just to be attached to any legendary you wanted. Because if this could be in the command zone with Alayla, I that deck would be so strong. So strong. I mean, at that point, would yeah. you do this one or would you do Folk Hero? I don't know Folk Hero. Um, which one's... Whenever, a, whenever a creature enters a battlefield that shares creature type, uh, you draw, you draw a, card. a card. But you only Ooh, get that yeah, one. If you're going like... Oh really? It is once per turn, but yeah. it, it turns your turns your engine into also a draw engine. Yeah, I mean that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean why not both would be the would it would be my uh, would be what I would say. Uh, <laughs> I'm all in. So I think it's just actually, right. Exactly. Actually, I just looked it up, and I'm going to have to backtrack. It's when you cast a spell that shares creature type. So. Uh oh! Dun dun dun! Okay, gotcha. See, I don't I don't know that the the. the the backgrounds as well so yeah inspiring leader that was my bonus so uh first quarter um so like i said i would probably end up doing more um artifacts than than enchantments um and so i'm gonna say sharding sphinx um which is four (laughs) and a two blue 
Um, whenever an artifact creature you control deals combat damage to a player, you may create a 1-1 blue Thopter artifact creature token with flying. It's not non-token artifact creature, it's just artifact creature. So this fuels itself. And uh, it's yeah, and it can, it's also it, itself as well. So um, yeah, anytime you'd have an artifact creature deal combat damage, you get a 1-1. One, one. That's an artifact with flying. So I think it's great. I love to see a sharding sphinx. Well, and I like the way that they worded it. Uh, being being PC here, marketing Ross. Um, I, I do like that the worded it so that way if you have eight artifact creatures connect, you get eight poppers. And then the next time, now you hit with sixteen, you go to thirty-two. I mean, it essentially is exponential as long as they can connect. Um, and like we've talked about, there's going to be someone that you can hit that doesn't have a flyer, so you're always going to get um and yeah that, that's how you could build an army real quick and so my bonus one kind of goes along with it's it's sort of best friends with sharding sphinx um this is research thief uh it's a four and a blue artifact creature moonfolk wizard it was in the uh, kamigawa commander decks uh, it's a uh, flash flying three three it's whenever an artifact creature you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. So that's probably the most competitive way, I'd say, to build a flying deck. I don't think we talked about it much earlier. Uh, if you've played enough EDH, you've probably encountered an Edric deck, an Edric's, Edric flying man deck, just a bunch of 1-1 flyers that every time they hit somebody, they draw a card. Um it sucks to play against, uh, just to be frank. Um, at least in my experience, it has. Um, this does that, but it's not as busted and is is more interesting because it's like, oh, hey, you have to have artifact creatures. It all slash flash, which is kind of cool. Um, so, you know, if you have a bunch of artifact cre- little one ones um, swinging at somebody, um, if this is out on the field already, they're maybe less likely to block them than if this was out. So it's like they go to blockers, they decide not to go to block, they decide not to block anything, you go to damage, and you're like, haha, flash this in, draw three cards. It's great. Like you you are gonna feel like a genius. Gotcha. So Yeah, I like it. And I would actually say, guys, because this just got printed in Neon Dynasty Commander. Um, and it's sitting at 23 cents and it's a brand new card. Um, if, if you truly are trying to build on a budget, um, I would pick up one or two of these because I could see this being a 60, 70 cent card, maybe a dollar. Um, because once again, it is whenever an artifact creature you control deals combat damage. So if you have eight of them, you're drawing eight cards. Um, and artifacts run rampant in Commander. So. Um, if you like this card, I would definitely try to pick one up sooner rather than later because I could only see this card going up as long as they don't reprint it. In the yeah. All so that's all I got. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for visiting our humble, humble budget shop. And uh, this is Mr. Comet number five saying thanks for stopping by. And this is Marketing Ross saying stay classy. It's Ultra Budget Brews, and thanks for coming in. See you next time. Thank you.